Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. My wife and I just sold our house, and because our next place to live is not yet ready, we have, along with our daughter from graduate school, moved in with our son, daughter-in-law, and our two granddaughters, aged nine years old and 20 months. The almost two-year-old is very typical. She gets in to everything. She says the word mine a lot. She's quick to tears and quick to recover. But mostly, more than all these things combined, there is lots of laughter. Not very long ago, I was in a restaurant, and nearby there was a table of eight or so people, and they were laughing. They were loud, really loud, and their laughter would explode in a deafening roar across the restaurant. What surprised me was though I usually enjoy the sound of people laughing, I didn't in this case. I mean, laughter is infectious, right? Ever been to church or a funeral or even a symphony? Some place where you're supposed to be quiet and then someone near you gets the giggles. Suddenly, several people around them are struggling to contain their own laughter because laughter is truly infectious. But in this case, in the restaurant, the people who were laughing didn't seem to be infectious for me at all. And it wasn't because of the loudness. I eventually realized it was because their laughter was a game of social dominance. They were competing to see who could be the most boisterous, the funniest, and laugh the loudest. And so laughter for them was just this game of dominance. And laughter comes in a lot of forms. There's the maniacal evil laugh of the villain in the movies. Then there's the derisive and mocking form of laughter. Then there's the social laughter of a person who laughs at the end of many of their own sentences. I'm sure you know this kind of person. I think this is intended to make the conversation feel less threatening. There's the embarrassed laughter when we make a mistake. And probably many other types that I'm not thinking of right now. But my point being is that my almost two-year-old granddaughter only knows the kind of laughter that comes from joy. Because she's so young, she never represses a laugh that she genuinely feels. She laughs whenever the time feels right. And because her laughter is the result of pure and unbridled joy, it's almost impossible not to laugh right along with her. Everyone should have someone in their life who laughs easily and from no other emotion than joy. All of this has me thinking about the role of laughter in religion. I'm not really qualified to speak on behalf of other faiths, but I can say with confidence that when outsiders think of Christians, the two words joyous laughter are not the top words they use to describe us. Matter of fact, if we go down the list, they're not even in the top ten. And we probably get all the way past 100 on that list and still not find it. And I'm going to stop right there because this could get really depressing. There are certain groups of evangelicals 
evangelical Christians who are known to laugh during their service or during prayers. It's very much the way they would also speak in tongues as a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And although it's not my particular form of worship, I'm not someone who speaks in tongues, I've been around it enough in my ministry and various gatherings gatherings, and witnessed plenty of people speaking in tongues, but I can honestly say I've never seen holy laughter, as it is called. So I know of it, but have not experienced it personally. One of the better known and truly most beautiful pieces of Scripture is found in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is also called by some people the Hebrew Scripture. In the book of Ecclesiastes, and it mentions laughter. I'm going to read just a couple of lines from this piece of scriptural poetry. By the way, even if you know nothing about Scripture, you might recognize this passage because the 1965 song by the birds entitled Turn, Turn, Turn is based on this passage from Ecclesiastes 3. I'm going to read you the first line, and then I'm going to skip a couple of lines. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Now, as I go through the entirety of this poem, I am struck by how much of it I have seen expressed intentionally in church. The beginning says, a time to be born and a time to die. And we acknowledge these with baptism and with funerals. Many elements are obviously not going to be included in the church services, But a time to laugh stands out to me. It's something that is a wonderful part of human existence, and yet, at least in my denomination, which has services for all sorts of moments in life, we have nothing which addresses or celebrates laughter. And I'm not exactly sure why this has suddenly become my focus. It's only in the last 24 hours or so that this omission has become glaring and interesting to me. Now, I'm not saying we don't experience laughter in church. When we are baptizing an infant and the child turns to play in the baptismal waters and then starts to laugh, the entire congregation joins in the joy and laughter of the moment. There are often moments in which a preacher intentionally uses humor and does so so successfully that everyone erupts in joyous and prolonged laughter within the congregation. Now, some of this is because laughter is something different than most of the other elements of this passage in Ecclesiastes. Birth, death, healing, the harvest are times in which something has happened and it's easy to schedule prayers or a service around those things. But laughter can't be scheduled. It happens at moments that are unexpected. Matter of fact, I heard a definition one time of humor and laughter at its best is innocence surprised. So laughter at its best is either an expression of pure joy or our innocence being surprised. I also will sometimes laugh at a comedian who's not surprised me, but instead she has so perfectly described something in my life of which I am aware but have never looked at or focused on before that I laugh at the acknowledgement of discovering something I've always known but never paid attention to. 
But if you were asking me about laughter in Scripture, and you were to ask me to name a story in Scripture in which the Bible tells us Jesus laughed, I can't. There aren't any. Other expressions of emotions? Well, we have plenty. We at least have a moment in which we are told Jesus wept. We have several times of his joy, in which he describes his own joy. We have a clear moment of Jesus getting angry, and we're told that he was sorrowful. And Christian theology makes a point of saying Jesus was fully human, so by our own definition, he must have shown the full range of human experience and emotion. But interestingly, not a single moment of laughter is described in Scripture. Now, I don't believe for a moment that Jesus never laughed. Let me be clear. I have absolutely no doubt that Jesus laughed. We're just not blessed with any descriptions of it. Laughter is a universal thing across human cultures. Every culture laughs. Infants of all cultures start laughing pretty much at exactly the same time around three months. My granddaughter's pediatrician's office has a sign that says, the average child under 10 laughs 300 times a day, and the average adult laughs 10. Perhaps if we'd let children who knew Jesus write his story, we would have included not just stories of his laughter, but a lot of different elements of his life that we don't have recorded now. What is clear is that laughter is a wonderful, biologically necessary, natural gift from the God who created us, loves us, and wants us to be joyful. And yet we seem to, as we age, try to socialize it out of ourselves. And maybe that's why laughter doesn't have a service, because it can't be scheduled. And maybe there's a spiritual lesson here. God's not always the God of what is planned and orderly. God is often the God of surprises, joy, and laughter. It is clear, people who laugh, and by this I don't mean laughter at anyone else's expense, I mean innocent, joyous laughter. People who laugh tend to find the joy in life. Laughter leads to joy, and joy leads to laughter. I'm going to make a suggestion for your spiritual health, and I think it's particularly important now, in the midst of the social distancing that so many of us are living through as I record this. My suggestion for you is to remind yourself to laugh more. Sometimes it doesn't take any more than that. It's just reminding yourself. Sometimes it does. It can take a little more than that. But I encourage you to seek the moments of laughter in your own life. They are there, waiting for you. Just slow down and enjoy them and allow yourself to laugh. If finding the laughter in your life is still a struggle, there are other ways you can go about it. Seek out a friend who makes you laugh. Now, obviously, at this particular moment, we can't seek out people and spend time with them physically, but given the technology of our world right now, we can FaceTime them or talk to them on the phone. Seek out somebody who makes you laugh. Or you can also find a comedian who makes you laugh. 
listen or watch to them. Watch them. My daughter introduced me recently to a comedian named Nate Bargassi. I watched him with her and I laughed and laughed. And afterwards, the whole world seemed a brighter place. As I'm telling you about this story right now, I'm smiling, remembering it. We might not revolutionize institutional church into a place that celebrates laughter. But we can certainly admit that God gave us the wonderful gift of laughter. And it would be a shame for us not to use such a great gift. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and recommend it to a friend. And if you'd like to offer a question for me to answer or ponder with you, you can get in touch with me through email or Twitter. Just remember, both are the words SkyPilot with three Ts. So my email address is skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T-T-T, at gmail.com. And my Twitter is at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T-T-T. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot FaithQuest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember... The sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.